Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of the is on the field. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, Comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz, and uh, we have one of our Sobel members. We've been talking about the Sobel Express group that we have. He's joining us today, Jared Rubin. Welcome back. I know you've been on hiatus from the opening line for a little bit, but with our golf success, I thought we'd bring you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. We've uh, discovered a whole new world in our uh, sports obsessions, specifically with the, the golf gambling over the last six months. So it's uh, it's good to be back. It's a new sport to talk about. I'm sure Raz and Wits have been all over it, but good to talk some golf. Yeah, yeah so one, one, one good Ooh, thing look born at you. out of the quarantine. Yeah, you know. I'm, you jump I'm, in. I'm I was just going to introduce you. But I don't need an introduction. Every time. Dude, I'm 23 and 11. They know who he is. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's coming in fucking hot here. Jesus. Yeah, one of the good things born out of out of quarantine was uh, was the golf betting. So this is exciting. We uh, we had an interesting matchup last week. We were all on John Rahm live. Bought him at the absolute bottom of the market at, uh, was it, 50 to 1. On Friday and uh, Sunday, it was a showdown between him and JT, the, the first guy to um, bring us through golf betting, and Patrick Cantlay ended up winning. So it was a little disappointing, but we, we cashed out half of our bet with John Rahm, so ended up a little bit. I would wasn't, say it wasn't too bad. I would say we need to put a disclaimer out there, just like if somebody's watching a jackass video, um, they put the disclaimer. If you're looking to keep your job, not get fired, um, stay in any relationship, you're going to want to not follow or track betting lines of golfers like we did this past week. I mean, that was grotesque. Well, I think you've heard plenty about uh, our fantasy football league, but let's tell you where we go to try to make our money elsewhere. This is my favorite place to go, and that is betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing, and you know that my Packer love is an all-time high, even coming off of the loss. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Um, I got to tell you, we've been there often. We're at their tables playing casino games as well as making our bets. Um, one of the best betting lo- websites on the internet. From game spreads and totals to team players and coach coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Again, you can find Wits and I there. We are the old men who will never leave the table. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book, sports book experts. Woo woo! 
following Rom to 50 to 1. But we did. We got there. But that was a lot of uh, missed emails, potentially phone calls that we hung up on. But uh, it's definitely not a safe business life tracking somebody like we did uh, this past week. If you're gonna bet on if you're gonna bet on a guy like that, it takes commitment. You can't just be throwing ten to, ten to ones out there like you do, Roz. You gotta you gotta stay uh, informed on what's going on. Hey man, this is uh, a, this is a show of the underdog. I would say. I was gonna We're say I think I think Rube forgot that uh, I took Kokrak eighty to one. So um, this is you not the this is the underdog story. As well. I was on Shawplay as well, <laughs> but look at me. I finished one and two. I should have done that Quinella thing. Rory. Can you imagine if I did the Quinella little co-crack Shawplay uh, finish? I don't think they offered it. Yeah, I don't think Shoffley. that's on the books. Quinella. But yes, it would have been very nice if you got the if you got those odds. That would have been glorious, let me tell you. Um, but anyways, before we hop into golf, because we're going to do the Bermuda Championship, and I think we covered the Zozo basically as it was. Tiger Woods sucked, and we lost John Rahm on the back nine to Patrick Cantlay. Here's a question, Wits. Uh, I was thinking of this, and this is more towards you because I feel like curb your, curb your enthusiasm moments happen more often to you. We're in COVID right now, and have you been in an elevator since COVID? Ooh. I have. Uh, yeah, no, I have. Okay, yeah, I have. so I was ju- my building has an elevator, and LA, I've explained, people out here fucking suck, they're just selfish, everybody has an agenda, but... <laughs> Sounds like you. Right, but I do have Midwest tendencies, and I know both of you guys are still holding it down for me in the Midwest. Um, what What's your policy before COVID on holding the elevator door for people? Oh, I think it's a must. It's like it's holding a, open the door. But what's there's a range. What's the what's the range at which you will make sure to put your hand there? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think anybody elderly, that's a Always. must. That's a must. No range necessary. That. No pace count. Um, any any young any young kid trying to get on the elevator, probably with a parent, but if he's not. Or she's not. And then uh, any attractive ladies, you got to do it. I would say the middle-aged man is the least likely for me to, to hold the elevator door for. So the kids are actually important because the kids will always run to the elevator. So that, that helps the whole process anyways. Like they're right there behind you. The parents might be lagging, but the kids are there. Um, my question was is because I've gotten yelled at in L.A. for holding it for too long, like at the office building back when COVID wasn't a thing. I saw somebody come in the door, which I'll tell you is a good, about a good 25 to 30 paces away from the elevator. I might have held it for too long for them. I got a little scowl and a couple of words said um, in the elevator. But I was thinking today, for the first time ever, it built up in me. Somebody two paces away I didn't hold the elevator door for because of COVID. Wow. I was worried. I, close proximities. That's the issue with elevators and me. That's way too close for comfort. You can't be six feet apart. Is that why you're out of shape? You're not taking the stairs? I take him down. <laughs> okay. There you go. Okay. Rube, do you do the work? Rube, do you have any pace count on COVID? You're, you're a COVID monster, too. You're afraid of it. Uh, you wouldn't hold the door for anybody. You wouldn't be in the elevator. I mean, I, I take an elevator in my building now, but I don't know. I'm of the sorts that if if the person that I'm supposed to be holding it for knows that I saw them, I feel obligated. To even with, the, even with a mask on. Even during COVID. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really change it. But if 
if I can get into the elevator and make it look like I didn't see the person and quickly hit the shut door oh, button, Rube's I will a, always, dude, I will always Rube's do a corner that. looker. He's the one who presses the button instantly. His face is pointed towards the corner of the elevator. That way, no, no side <laughs> angle wanna, looks. Wow, I, I was just curious. I'm not in the elevator to have a conversation with someone. I agree. The worst place to have a conversation dude, in the world. Also, a dangerous place to rip a fart. Um, a lot Very. of. A lot of trouble that can come from that. But anyways, speaking of trouble, all I've ever heard is the Bermuda Triangle is one of the most dangerous places to fly through. But luckily enough, we've got hundreds of golfers in the Bermuda this weekend for the Bermuda Championship. Back to the Sobel roots, I feel. I love when we don't have nearly anybody in the top 100. Rube, you said there's only nine top 100 PGA golfers here at the Bermuda when Fred Funk is 150,000 to one or whatever his, his thing is, is, uh, is an enticing offer. You know we're about to have a good tournament. We're in Bermuda. Who's excited? And uh, Rube, since you're here, I think honorarily you should do the first round of picks. Some of our players, top 20s, All top right. 10s, winners, feel free to go after okay. it. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess I'm excited for this tournament, not – it's kind of sucks that we won't be able to watch anything related to it except for three hours a day, which we will take advantage of. But <laughs> nonetheless, do have a few picks here. Can give you a an outright guy. I'll give you a top ten, and then I'll give you a first round leader, courtesy of uh, Mr. Horwitz here. But uh, my winner that I like is for no other reason than I feel like he is kind of has shown that he can win in the past is Johnny Vegas. Um, we've taken him in the past before. I haven't had the most luck with him. But I don't know, in a tournament like this where there's really not a guy that you're looking at at the top of the at the top of the board like a Brendan Todd. He's just not that not good enough to be taken at a fifteen to one price or whatever he's coming in at. So I'm looking down at Vegas, which I think is about ninety to one to win. Um, so He's won in the past. Going to take a chance there. See what happens. Um, my top 10, not the greatest price on him, but Denny McCarthy. Um, I think he's coming in at about plus 250 or plus 300 for a top 10, I want to say. Um, he's been the best putter on tour the last two years. I think Raz will uh, have a little more on that shortly. <laughs> um, and then my top 20, I'm going to go with, Mr. Stinger, as they call him, Scott Stallings. Um, a lot of wind in the Bermuda. Keep the ball down. I have no idea how he's played recently, but it's going to be windy there. you got to keep the ball low. Um, it's going to be windy. Putts. So we'll go with those guys. And then, oh, my first-round leader, we'll go with Justin Suh. Just, I don't have any good reason. Not Justin Huff. Not John Huff. Not John Huff. Yeah, be careful when you're making a bet. Um, Wits, obviously how we've done it recently, uh, you'll take first round leaders. I'll just go over a couple of winners. I only took three winners with this tournament. I thought we had a great conversation about kind of seeing where the weekend takes us. Um, usually, for example, the John Rom pick last week, we didn't do on the show because we chased the weekend warriors. Um, so for, for me this week, I'm only going three. In fact, I actually changed this on here. This one's credit to Wits. For listening to the Jason Sobel podcast, and hopefully we'll get Jason Sobel on here at some point. But Scott Stallings at plus five thousand fifty to one is one of my options. Chesson Hadley is my guy this week. If you ever wanted a Roz pick, Chesson Hadley is the man. I'm going to steal from the Action Network here, but his game is similar to Brendan Todd. 
and that he is the best when the course doesn't need to be overpowered. He can put the ball in play off the tee, and he usually is a good iron player, and the putter on the Bermuda greens for this man has been very, very strong. So I'm going Chesson, and then Kyle Stanley I just liked also at 80-1. to 1. Um, Something about the 80-1 to 1 range I'm a big fan of, but only three winners to start. I actually took off Patrick Rogers, which I'm sure you guys are surprised about, much like Denny McCarthy and Patrick Rogers. Um, two guys I'm constantly on. I'm actually avoiding for the winning spot so far. I'd like to see the odds get a little bit better for Denny. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a couple winners. Actually, I'll give one winner as well. Super long shot. Uh, I'm going to go with not Jonathan Vegas, but Camillo Vegas um, at 200 to 1. Uh, you know, he played pretty well at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. So, you know, I like him. He was actually the number seventh ranked player in the world not too long ago. So I think he's a guy, you know, if he can put it together, um, you know, he's, it'd be a great story. You know, for those of you who don't know, he did have a two-year-old daughter who passed away uh, last year um, of dealing uh, with about with cancer. So I think that'd be a great story. And he, he is a very good player. Um, seemed like there's been a lot on, on his mind recently, but I think at 200 to one, he's a guy to look out for. Uh, one top 10 that I really like is Will Gordon at plus 1300. Um, when you're looking at birdies or better gain, you know, a couple of the metrics that we're looking at, uh, Will Gordon is near the top of the list. So, you know, if he can get hot, make it to the weekend, uh, and have a big finish. I, I like the odds there. Uh, $10 bet wins you $130. Um, and now let's, let's get to the good stuff. The first round leaders. Uh, Rube touched on Justin Suh, and a couple names we've already gone over here. Uh, the first guy I like is Denny McCarthy. Um, this has been a, one of Raz's favorite picks on the show, and Denny McCarthy's actually led the PGA Tour in putting for the past two years, so not really living up to that drive-for-show, putt-for-dough standard because uh, he has not won a tournament in the past couple of years. But at 50-1, to 1, I think he's worth a shot here. Uh, next guy at 66 to one is Honorban Lahiri. Um, if you remember Lahiri from the Corrales tournament, actually played really well. Uh, looked like he was going to finish top 10, but finished top 20. Uh, hit the ball really nice. A little bit of a, a fade on Sunday, but played well. I like him here at 66. Uh, Tyler McCumber. This is a pick we took from uh, Jason Sobel on the Action Network at 66 to one. Uh, also going with Will Gordon. Uh, just for the fact that he can make a lot of birdies. So I like that at 90 to 1. And then uh, we're going pretty near the top of the board here. Uh, this was a guy who really got me jazzed up about golf betting. It's Harold Varner the third, 33 to 1. I'm going to put a couple extra bucks on him just to make sure I can cheer just as hard. But I love Harold Varner. Looking at the tee to green stats uh, this season on the PGA Tour, he actually is near the top. So I think he's ready for a breakout at some point, and it might just be this week at the Bermuda. So I think that, that pretty much sums it up. Um, Thorburn, Olison, and Lorenzo Gagley, if anybody wants to tune into the Cypress Open, starts at 1130 Central tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it should, be, uh, it should be a fun week here. I feel like I uh, pulled two Rube moves here. I have two top 10 bets. Again, I usually stray from those. But I got Chase Seifert. And Will Gordon, both at plus 1,100, 10 to win, 110 for my top 10s. Again, like uh, Witt said, Will Gordon looking to put a lot of birdies in and read some nice things about Chase Seifert. Once again, we usually look towards the Action Network. This one coming from Joshua Perry, not even our Sobel, our Sobel man, but uh, I've seen him being a long shot to even win the tournament. Um, so we'll see. 
if he does fill it in. Rube, any any other picks or any other notes? I guess you're kind of like the course expert. You already told us that we're going to be shit out of luck on Shot Tracker, so we won't be able to watch that. How are we going to be able to see the course other than from 11 to 2 Central Time on the Golf Channel? Yeah, so this is going to look, I think it's going to have a lot similar of a feel to the, the Corrales a couple of weeks ago tournament that, one, most people don't really care about. Um, <laughs> a lot of guys who are pretty low in the world rankings. Um, and it's on an island, and the wind's going to whip. The course is going to be in fantastic shape. Um, see a lot of holes right on the water. Um, pretty short course, so the wind stays down. It's going to be gettable. Um, other than Rube, that, though, I got a, I got I a quick question for you. Um, so we were talking about this earlier this week. It looks like, you know, the wind's going to pick up a lot on Friday afternoon. Um, and we, you know, we were having a little back and forth about this. What are your thoughts about, you know, a guy having a late tee time Thursday, early on Friday? Do you think that'll play any effect into, you know, who is going to make and miss the cut here this weekend? Yeah, so it all depends, I guess, on how the weather shakes out. But based on forecasts we've seen, it looks like the wind is really going to start to whip on Friday afternoon. So it might be beneficial to look at guys in terms of full tournament winners or position bets, go and looking at guys that are teeing off late on Thursday just because they get the favorable side of the draw, um, potentially avoiding that Friday afternoon slate. But I guess we'll see. I mean, you never know. It's pretty unpredictable when you're on an island like that you can just get some crazy winds off the water kind of out of nowhere but based on what we've heard um that could be a trend to look at yeah no i agree and that's why we were you know looking at the the couple of the full tournament winners um you know seeing if we can match up some of those tea times but yeah like you said anything could happen uh i know the wind the wind is supposed to pick up friday regardless of the time but we'll, we'll see how much it does um, with the afternoon tea times, and this is gonna gonna be the first tournament in a few weeks that we're gonna be witnessing a cut. So it's gonna be Friday's gonna mean a little bit more this week than it has uh, the past couple weeks here. It has been a minute since we've gotten a cut, so I'm excited to see how that works. Definitely makes Friday more exciting um, or nerve wracking, however you want to take it. Um, I'm actually adding a bet as we speak. That's why I'm a little slower here. Um, but I love that you put Seaford in your winner's wits. I know you just texted that to Ruben and I. That's a guy, like I said, that's, I'm hoping he's in the top 10, and I guess why not put a little money on him to win if I think he's going to get that high. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's basically golf. That's basically the Bermuda. We do now transfer into the NFL. We should talk about week seven like we usually do. We talk about the week previous. Um, wits, any big takeaways? Um, before we each give our own takes on week seven in the NFL? Uh, big takeaways. Well, you got to toot my own horn a little bit here, Roz. Did go 4-0-1 last week and was a, a missed right. extra point by the Cleveland Browns from going 5-0. and But uh, just around the league, um, Thursday night was one of the more brutal losses I think I've ever seen. Uh, by the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Roz, I think you've got a decent story about um, us watching that game. Uh, you had him as your survivor pick, did you not? I did. So I had him as my survivor pick, and I took the minus four. Obviously got that wrong on the show. Um, the story goes just like the anxiety, anger, depression, all, 
all those words really explain the NFC East, and it gets worse, right? I mean, I took the Cowboys pick them against the Redskins and unfortunately convinced Wits to do the same. The <laughs> NFC East is a definite danger zone. And unless you're betting against them, and th- when I'm talking about betting against them, it needs to come outside of the division. Don't take these games. Don't take this team to win. Stay away. Honest to God, that's the takeaway by literally a nose hair. I got away with my survivor pick in our big pool. Um, one point, clearly. The, it was a tough one to watch. The Eagles are bad. The Giants are bad. The Redskins, my bad. The football team and the Cowboys are absolutely atrocious. And by math standards, we could have a 5-11 and 11 record in the NFC portion of the playoffs. So I'll let you continue on, Wits. Yeah, no, that, that'd be crazy. And I, I think one of the other crazier finishes that we saw was in the Detroit-Atlanta game. Um, we've, we've seen this type of play before where a team can clearly run out the clock, but Todd Gurley realized it just about a half a foot too late, fell into the end zone. Matt Stafford proceeds to march the ball down against the Falcons, throws a game-tying touchdown, and Matt Prater kicks not a 30, but a 45-yard extra point after an unsportsmanlike penalty. Um, And you see another picture of Arthur Blank standing on the field, waiting for victory, only to be let down once again. It's the third time this year Atlanta has had a 99% win probability and not won the football game. Um, so I, I don't know what to say about that, but it was another brutal loss. Just another couple things around the league. Uh, Justin Herbert, I think continues his March to be the NFL rookie of the year. He's playing some great football. Um, the Patriots are struggling right now. Cam, Cam Newton looks like a shell of what he was in week one and two. They get destroyed by the 49ers. Uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks are, uh, <laughs> They, I think they might be the team to beat in the NFC right now. You could definitely make an argument for the Packers, which I'm sure Roz can make for you, but they looked absolutely dominant in a 45-20 win over Las Vegas. And I think game of the week had to be Arizona versus Seattle. Uh, the Cardinals hung around. They hung around. They won in overtime. Seattle's luck finally runs out. Um, this was a, an awesome game followed by a, a shit game by our Chicago Bears on Monday night. But, yeah, that was kind of kind of week seven in the NFL. So, I guess, did, did I miss anything, Rube? I don't think so. I just remember a pretty crazy stretch of games in the, uh, the so-called witching hour um, on Sunday afternoon that uh, Joe Burrow and the, the battle of the number one picks, I guess, Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield um, going back and forth. Um, in a crazy game there. Um, the Tennessee Titans um, almost coming back on the Pittsburgh Steelers, which um, could be two of the three best team, two of the top, I say two of the top four teams, the AFC at this point. Um, so could be a potential important game down the stretch in terms of seeding. But um, no, I think like you said, I think the Bucks look pretty tough. Um, that Seahawks-Cardinals game, pretty crazy. That Seahawks can score with the best of them, but I think if they don't find a defense, they might have, they might run into some trouble down the line. But no, pretty exciting weekend of football overall, other than that Monday night game um, that we don't need to talk about. Oh, we're definitely <laughs> going to talk about it because I still got to do my recap. Anyways, I went two and three, but I think the most important part of my picks against the spread are you take the ones I value the most, and that was the 49ers plus two and a half against the Patriots. I put three units on there. I 
told you to be there with me, put the mortgage, put the house, put Jared on it, whatever you want to do, your girlfriend, hold the Michael Jordan. Um, it is what it is. I got that right. I know I lost the Seahawks, who were up 10 with five minutes to go. Unbelievable loss on their part. Very embarrassing. And you're right, Rube. They do need to be worried because their defense hasn't been able to stop anyone. And uh, if we remember last year when the Packers beat them in the postseason, something I'm used to, seeing the Packers in the postseason playing more games, getting more wins, um, they demolished the Seahawks. Packers on their way to a big win against a very sad Houston Texans team where it looks like they're about to ship pieces. I heard the Packers inquired about acquiring Will Fuller. So that would be a huge addition to the Green Bay Packers. I'm trying to look around the league. Like I said, I lost to the Eagles. I lost to the Cowboys. I'll never bet on the NFC East again. I know you can go back and listen to this podcast. I've said that more than enough times. This time I mean it, I promise. Um, And other than that, the Jets let us down. We thought they could beat the Bills. They really couldn't hold up. They're up 10-0. Next thing you know, 100 field goals later, it feels like. We got the Bills at 18-10. Chiefs, if you would have told me that Drew Locke would lose 43-16 but still have the bigger passing day than uh, Patrick Mahomes. I would have said, you're crazy. Patrick Mahomes didn't break 200 yards. I think he only had one passing touchdown on their route to 43 points. Mostly their defense stepped up. And then, yeah, left Jeff, left Justin Herbert on the bench. But luckily, thanks to the Rams on Monday night in the best game of the week, regardless of what these other two schmucks said, the Rams on the final second or second to last play of the game get the most important sack of the NFL season as I win my fantasy matchup by 0.48 points thanks to one last sack by the Rams D. Um, let's get in to week eight. Middle of the way here. Obviously, there's 17 weeks, but if you do the math, everyone has a buy. So there's only 16 games for each team. So basically, we're at the midway point. Wits, you're at one and six. Ruben and I are at a nice four and three in fantasy. And we know where the NFL stands as well. Um, coming into this week, we've got the Bills-Patriots. The argument there is this is the battle of the top for the AFC East. Some would say Tua time is beginning, and maybe the Dolphins are even ahead of the Patriots. I look around. The only important matchup, clearly, is the Packers versus the Vikings. We're going to continue our division streak and our hot stretch. We'll go to 6-1. and one. Uh, If you're doing Survivor like Ruben and I, take the Chiefs against the Jets. That's an absolute lock. Tua will get his first start. We get Seahawks 49ers, which should be interesting, and uh, avoid at all costs the Eagles-Cowboys on Sunday night. In fact, your Sunday nights are now open. I promise you, you don't even have to go watch that game. It will be ugly. You will be depressed. And any of the words I said before, your Sunday night just became available. Wits, you excited for Week 8? I am very excited for Week 8, Roz. I uh, got five picks. I think we all do. So I will... Uh... I'll start us off with a couple here. And the first game I am looking at is the Las Vegas Raiders going to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Um, Got the Ravens as a plus two and a half underdog here. And I think that's that's been a big theme on the show for me this year is taking these tight games. Um, I like the Raiders here, the Browns. uh, Big victory last week. I mean, no matter who you're playing, uh, they did end up winning the game against the Bengals uh, on a last-second touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Haven't heard that name in a while. Um, but, yeah, the Browns here, they're, they're a very up-and-down team. I know they're 5-2, and two, but they, they have had a couple spankings. And I don't think – I think this game is going to be close, but I like taking the points here. Um, Derek Carr, people have always knocked him for 
not being able to throw the deep ball and just being the check down champion. But he's actually leading the NFL in deep passing this year. I think that's going to play a factor in this game. And also looking at the Cleveland offense, uh, OBJ lost for the year with a torn ACL. I think they become a little bit more one-dimensional. and I think Kareem Hunt should, should have a big game here, but I really do like the Raiders plus two and a half. So they're going to be my first pick. And then on the other side of the two and a half coin, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Detroit. Um, there's not much to like on the offensive side of the ball here for Indy, but one thing that I really do like is their defense. And Matt Stafford, as good as he was last week in that comeback victory, uh, Indianapolis is not the Atlanta Falcons. So I think this is a low-scoring affair, and I, I think the Colts win this game somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 to 13, uh, 24 to 10, something like that. I think Phillip Rivers off the bye um, is going to look a little more sharp. He's been pretty brutal this year, but I think he hooks up with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I think he has his first big game of the year, so I like the Colts uh, minus two and a half here. I said you better hope T.Y. Hilton has his best game. He has yet to score over nine fantasy points. In fact, he's only scored over six fantasy points twice um, so far, so that's hopeful thinking because Wits is without his starting wide receiver. Um, just to <laughs> prove I just traded for just to prove we don't live in a cave, it looks like, do we got Maggie in the background there, Rube? Is Maggie in the room? We Earshot? Do. I think we she do, should yeah. give, I think she should give one of your picks. Guest pick. I think, I think Maggie, just to prove to the fans here, if we have any, that we do talk to girls, I think Maggie is very deserving of a pick. So Maggie, if you can hear me at any point, give, give one of Jared's pick. Pick your favorite NFL team. It could be the Green give Bay Packers. And a, and a reason for it. Who do you think is going to win this week? The Washington, Washington. Oh, Maggie, they can hear you right now. Everything you're Are saying. The Washington is play this week. The Washington football team. They're they on they a game this week. <laughs> They're on a bye this week. We need another one. Next. The Bucks. The Bucks. The Bucks. Okay, I'm minus eleven. Name. That's a perfect segue because I actually also have the Bucks minus eleven this week against the Giants. I think they're going to dominate. I only have one unit on there. I'm with Wits in my big unit play. Two units on the Vegas Raiders, plus two and a half. Um, and then I just, I'm just i just going to run through mine real quick. I got the Rams minus four. I think two is going to get stunted in his first start. The Steelers plus three and a half against the Ravens because the Ravens have Lamar Jackson and the Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger, a two-time Super Bowl champion. And then Justin Herbert, hot streak continues. Chargers minus three. I think they go get that W in Denver. Drew Locke is not that impressive. You saw it last week. Rube, let's get some of your picks on the board. We heard Maggie's picks. She proved that one of us did at least get a girlfriend. Um, who are you taking this week, Rube? And your first official picks on the opening line. Yes. So the hosts of these shows don't give me much uh, notice to put picks in. So these are with three minutes of preparation. Um, I have <laughs> the Lions plus three against Xander there. Um, I just think Stafford has these stretches where he gets a little bit hot. I think he's kind of in that stretch right now, so I'm going to ride that. Um, I got the Seahawks minus three. I think the 49ers defense is depleted. They kind of looked a lot better than they should last week against the Patriots offense. That's pretty anemic. I think Russell gets it going again. Puts up another 35-40 points on him. Um, going against Xander again with the Browns minus two and a half. Um, I'm just not a fan of the Raiders. I don't think Derek Carr can really get it done. I know they've got some good skill position guys, but um, I'm going to ride Cleveland at home here. Um, 
with a less than field goal spread. Um, I'm going to go with the Patriots plus three and a half. Maybe I'm still drinking the Belichick Kool-Aid here too much, but it just does something feels off there to me. I feel like especially division game, he's seen the bills countless times. Um, to be able to keep that within a field goal. And then similar to Rise, I got the Rams minus three and a half. Um, I don't really care that they're traveling across the country. I don't think Tua is going to be much to be scared of his first week. And I think the, especially with that Rams D, we saw what they did to a much superior quarterback in Nick Foles on Monday night. Um, so Tua is not going to look so great, to say the least. That's it. There's the winners. It's up to you to finish Uh, off your winners. Yeah, so I guess I I got three more picks here. Um, I'm going to go against against you guys. I'm taking Baltimore minus three and a half uh, against Pittsburgh this week. Pittsburgh has been playing some great football this year, but I think they run into a little trouble this week against the Baltimore defense. Uh, I think this is going to be a tight game, but I do like Baltimore minus three and a half. I think Lamar Jackson finds a way to spread the ball around and – you know, looking at all Pittsburgh's weapons, not not quite sure if Deontay Johnson is going to play yet. He did leave in the fourth quarter last week. I think he's a clear number one on that team. Um, so we'll see if he's able to suit up. But either in either case, I do like the Ravens. Uh, I also like Tennessee laying six uh, going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati just traded uh, probably one of their best defensive players in Carlos Dunlap. And this team on both sides of the ball, uh, offensive and defensive line-wise, I think is one of the worst in the National Football League. Tennessee, I think they take care of business early and often. I think Derrick Henry has a big game here. And, you know, speaking of other weapons on offense, Ryan Tannehill has had a resurgence here in Tennessee. He's actually the best quarterback under pressure in the National Football League. Uh, Not to say that there's going to be much pressure from the Cincinnati defensive line this week, uh, but I think with A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, those guys being around, this is going to be tough for Cincinnati. Um, and my last pick of the week, uh, we are going to the NFC East, and I am, I'm going to lay the seven points here with Philly. I hate to do it, but this Dallas Cowboys team, I was going to say football team, but it, it's hard to say what they put out there is really football because they have been absolutely atrocious. Um, they look like they don't give a shit. And it looks like they're going to be starting seventh-round undrafted free agent Ben DiNucci from James Madison this week. So we'll see if, if the week of practice time uh, got him any better. But, you know, Zeke, all those guys, they just haven't been that great this year. And then defense is a whole other story because they're one of, the, one of the worst that I've ever seen. So I like Philly here. Start getting a little hot. Uh, they did have a huge win against the Giants last week on Thursday night. They are getting a little healthier Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard practicing again, Miles Sanders, I think, not this week, but will come back soon. I think this team is on the up and up, um, which isn't saying much because they're in the NFC East, but I do like Philly laying the seven here and what continues to be a horrendous nightmare uh, for the first season under Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Love, love to see you fading Mike McCarthy because, uh, I get it all the time. I've, I've spent 25 years admiring two Hall of Famers, but only have two rings to show for it. And I think McCarthy has a large chunk to blame for. Um, yeah, I guess the only other thing to bring up is the Dodgers won the World Series last night. Um, ending baseball, thank God. I'm over at the NBA. I'm over MLB. It was just a whole lot of nonsense in October. The Dodgers win. 
which is not exciting because I don't really like the Dodgers, and I think that uh, they're the NL version of the Yankees at this point in terms of what they're able to purchase. Um, Justin Turner probably just gave the entire team COVID, which will be interesting to see how that ha- or what happens there. And uh, thoughts on that World Series? Obviously, the big contention point is Blake Snell being pulled early. And uh, yeah, I didn't watch literally a minute of the World Series. Yeah, I think, I mean, pretty questionable decision there with Blake Snell getting pulled. Um, I don't hate the Dodgers as much as the Yankees. I mean, they do have a couple guys that they bought, but they've got a lot of homegrown talent there. Um, and you got to, you can't help but feel good for Clayton Kershaw finally getting a ring um, at this point of his career. But yeah, that Justin Turner's situation was pretty wild. Um, not going to comment too much on that at this point. I mean, still the, the game itself. I mean, the Rays have a really good team. Um, just they just don't have the firepower that the Dodgers had and came up a little bit short. But yeah, I think the games were interesting. Um, felt like a little bit of a weird season, but still sports are sports to a certain extent and rather have more going on than less. So, yeah, and I thought it was uh, it was an awesome series. I was really hoping for a Charlie Morton Walker Bueller game seven. Uh, Kershaw comes out of the pen. I thought that that could have been. One of the coolest stories that we've seen in a long time. But like Rube said, real happy for Clayton Kershaw. Just a, a class act. Um, one of the best pitchers of our generation, if not the best. And I think the knock on him was that, you know, he always falters in the postseason. And I, I think he definitely put some of those um, definitely put some of those taglines to rest with two two pretty good World Series starts. So I was very happy for him. Uh, Corey Seager wins the MVP. I thought it was uh, very well-deserved. But yeah, the I think, like you said, Roz, the big contention point was Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell. And I know the Rays had kind of gone their whole season, you know, being the team of analytics. You know, they were always making these decisions based on the numbers. But I think over a large sample size, that's OK. But, you know, looking at that game, Blake Snell, you know, the first three guys were 0 for 6 with 6 Ks against Snell. He was throwing really good and you could just see the air completely went out of the balloon after Mookie Betts came up and hit that double down the line. And that, that really seemed like it was the end of the game. So congrats to the Dodgers. Um, it was a weird season, but it, it was nice to have back. And uh, yeah, we'll see where the Rays go from here. I think they have a very good team. Um, I'm excited to see Randy Rosarina for a whole year. We'll see if he uh, keeps it up. But that was, I think, one of the best individual postseasons I've ever seen um, as a baseball fan. And that's a wrap. Baseball is done, and uh, now you're stuck with us with the two most important sports on the globe, and that is golf and the NFL. Um, fun one for you guys. NCAA, I haven't been making picks, but if you go to Tally site, by the way, go to Tally site and follow Wits's eyes, Wits and I's pick. Wits went seven, one and two. I unfortunately did go the two and three. Wits is taking college football over there. We don't usually address it. I think it's an off year. I'm not a big fan of college football, but for this week alone, I've got seven winners for you in a row. You got to go OSU minus 13, Bama's minus 31, Clemson's minus 31, take the over in the OSU game 63, take the over in the Bama game 54, or 64, I apologize, Clemson over as well, 61, and then Michigan minus 24 and a half, you'll win all seven, you'll be a happy camper, and uh, big spreads, I understand, big lines, I understand, but it's college football in a weird year. And 
these teams are the only teams scoring consistently. We only have one week of Big Ten, but I got to trust the system. Um, any last thoughts from you boys? We've got it's it's so believe. So we've got Christmas tomorrow. It is. We're back at it. First round leaders. Um, any parting thoughts? We'll start with you, Rube. Or what? T minus three hours with the party <laughs> yeah. begins. Just about. Yeah. Just no. about. I mean, it's a tournaments are tournaments at this point. It's a little bit of a worse field, but we're excited to get it going. Um, if any of you guys have any uh, NCAA eligibility left, Wisconsin's probably looking for a quarterback. I think Wits could, uh, <laughs> Wits could figure it out for a little bit. Um, oh, but, yeah. yeah, other than that, another Wits. good NFL week coming up, too. Right. Yeah, and uh, also we are, we are two weeks away from the Masters. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have individual coverage on, on every guy in the course, which is, is going to be awesome, especially for our, our first round leader bets. So we're going to have a special episode, um, coming up here in a couple weeks with the masters, but got NFL week eight, we're already halfway through, uh, it, it goes by too fast, but, uh, you know, as they say, that's, that's what makes it special. So yeah, we'll have another big week and we'll be, uh, we'll be back with you next week. And if you don't remember... Let me help you. The Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFL. You heard it here first. We're getting healthy again. Alan Lazard might be off the IR. Same with Christian Kirksey. They're practicing this week. So beware. That Tampa game was a fluke. The 49er games last year were flukes. So this is the Super Bowl March. We're week eight there. You got to listen to me for at least 11 more weeks until we win the Super Bowl. And after that, it's just going to be a parade on the opening line. So that's all we have this week, everybody. Congrats, I guess, to the Dodgers. I live in L.A., and I'm not even a fan of everything happening here. Although LeBron was a big win. Anyways, thanks for joining, everybody. This has been the opening line where we like to keep the line moving. Follow us on Tally site so you can track our bets and bet with us. Tell us if we won you some money. If we lost you some money, definitely don't DM us. So have a good one, everybody.
listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.